seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y6. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, we're going to be playing football soon. It's just going to be not us playing, but people we like, some of them, playing in the Super Bowl. That's what we have left in terms of meaningful. Now you got the Senior Bowl. It's fun, but it's uh, whatever. It's going to elevate somebody and maybe not some others, but we got Senior Bowl. But the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, man, it's everything, including Super Bowl commercials. Can't wait for those. Roger sent me a link. We we didn't even try to talk to somebody about Super Bowl commercials. Um, so I can't wait. So we're going to be doing football. And in just a minute, we're going to talk to somebody who coached in high school one of the players who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. He coached him right here in Mississippi. The guy played college football here in Mississippi for three years and then right onto the NFL. And now he's a multimillionaire, and rightfully so, because he's like the biggest guy on the field and one of the best guys on the field. And that's Chris Jones, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. We're going to talk with his uh, high school coach, one of his high school coaches back in the day, Ty Harden. Ty is now the head coach at Houston High School. They've been playing really good football there at Houston also. So we'll catch up with Ty in a few minutes. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching the stream on Facebook or Twitter, there are the numbers to be a part of the show, the text line on top, the – Divinity Equipment phone line on the bottom. If you're listening on The Zone, here you go. Call me on the Divinity phone at 995-1059 or text me at 601-885-ESPN. Say it after me, 885-ESPN. Now, if you're just tuning in, uh, we finished hour number one. I played you a really small snippet out of an interview with Ross Mitchell, former Mississippi State pitcher. And by the way, now he's got uh, a really nice business going here in um, uh, the Jackson area. He actually lives in Flowood. The name of his business is Magnolia Stripe and Seal. He he stripes and seals and in some cases asphalts parking lots, and it's a really cool deal. But anyway, Ross, former all-star pitcher at Mississippi State. And that interview, you want to hear the whole thing. I know some folks were asking where to find it. Listen up. Where to find that entire interview. It is a part of a podcast that we produce called Dogpile. It is a Mississippi State baseball podcast. And you can subscribe anywhere you can possibly get a podcast. You can subscribe to the Dogpile podcast. You'll see it's got a baseball and it says Dogpile on it with the logo. It's got my name on it as, I guess, the author or whatever you want to call that. But it's the most recent episode. Released it yesterday. We got a new one coming out today and some in subsequent days. Tomorrow is media day for, for Mississippi State baseball. But yeah, the whole interview is there. So what I would tell you to do is two things. One, you could go to Google and just type in dogpile, one word, podcast, and you'll see it pop up. Links right there. Find it and subscribe. Or check out my Twitter feed. Earlier today, I sent out links 
uh, to the dog pile, and it's just at Radio Wyatt. That's me on Twitter. That's two good ways for you to find it. D A W G. That is D O G. Interesting. Oh, okay. Interestingly enough, Roger, that's um, the D A W G. In in lots of different ways and uses, has lots of different copyrights attached to it. Really? Yes. In in a lot of cases, not all, but in a lot of cases and different uses and ways, the word D O G obviously does not. It's pretty interesting. As my the incorrect father, spelling is copyrighted. <laughs> right. As my dad would say, I don't understand all I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get on the phone with our guests, let's talk with DJ, who's hanging on in Jackson right now on the Divinity phone. What's up, DJ? Hey, man. Thanks for letting me be on your show again. I just want to comment. The great, great comments on the 335. Uh, I studied uh, Rich Rod's books and his videos back in the early 2000s. You know, that we were looking at something like that back then, you know, when I was coaching high school back when. Okay. Uh, and the thing is, uh, a lot of people, you know, ran it. And, of course, really, it's, it's and you know, it's really three defensive backs and two hybrids. But when Rich Rod was at West Virginia, people don't realize how good they were. And they had a lot of success, but they were in the Big East. And, and like you said, when this guy transitions to state, Mm-hmm. He may not run a three three five because the three three five did not transition to Michigan well. Mm-hmm. But you know we're in the day and age of the spread where a lot of times in the box you're gonna have a three three or four two. You know we still That's call right. a four two a four three, but a lot of times your four three is a four two because you know. And if you watch Clemson, Clemson was running a three one, and then what did LSU do? Bam! They start running the ball, and that three one's out the window. You better change eight. it. That's, That's exactly seven. right, DJ. Think about this, okay? But, yeah, exactly what you're saying right there. For the last two years under Bob Shoup, defensive coordinator at State, he's now on the staff at Michigan, but under Shoup for two years, State almost, well, I say, I'm not going to say never, but I mean almost like 1% of their snaps over two years did they have three linebackers on the field at once. They were always, it seemed like, in a 4-2 type of look. Absolutely. So only right. two linebackers. This past year, Errol Thompson and Leo Lewis were on the field together. They were the only two linebackers. They have five DBs all the time. Brian Cole, number 32 for State, is playing in the Senior Bowl this week, having a good week. Why is he there? Because as the nickel backs, as the nickel safety, the fifth defensive back, the third safety on the field, he never came off the field. And that's because you're playing everybody who's in a spread. So, look, five DBs and nickel is a way of life. We might as well just get used to it. Going forward. I appreciate your call, DJ. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yep, thank you. Call me anytime. All right, let's flip it, shall we? I was talking about this earlier. So you've got uh, reasons, probably your own reasons, to root for or against one of the other teams in the Super Bowl. I got lots of reasons. And if you've listened to this show, you know. Been a Chiefs fan for a long, long time. Have been pretty vocal about it. In fact, I told you at the beginning of this season that the Kansas City Chiefs would be in a Super Bowl. And being that that's the only prediction I've gotten right all year long, I feel the need to remind you. Now, the other thing is I'm pulling for Chris Jones. He's a hometown kid. Went to Nettleton. That's Lee County, Mississippi. That's the county I live in. Then he goes to Houston High School in Chickasaw County. 
played there. They discover him. Coach walks in to recruit him. He's 6'5", 280 pounds, and he does a backflip, standing backflip. They say, sign him. <laughs> he goes to Mississippi State, becomes a five-star recruit, only played three years of college ball to the NFL, signs a big contract. Now he's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, and he's the star defensive tackle of one of the two teams remaining and will compete in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones coached in high school for one year by this guy who is on the Divinity Equipment phone line. He's now the head coach at Houston High School. His name's Ty Harden, and you can uh, follow him on Twitter. We'll give you that later, and we'll chat it up with Ty now. Ty, I really do appreciate a little bit of time. Uh, it is a school day, right? I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Oh, you're good. You're good. I'm free. Kids won't be down here for another hour, so we got all day if we want to talk some ball. Good deal. Well, so what was Chris Jones like the first time you ever saw him? First time I ever saw him was first day. So I, I when I graduated, uh, going to coaching, I, I graduated in December. So then wasn't any jobs open. So I, uh, you know, kind of worked on the side and mm-hmm. I started helping out of Houston, uh, in the spring, first day of spring practice, I walk out there and, uh, John, John Hevesy's out there at practice. Um, and he's got Chris going through some drills, uh, as we're practicing and stuff. And he's doing this and that. And we, we come in from practice and, you know, the coaches have coached me and John Hevesy, like he kind of shut the door and stood there and said, whatever you do, do not tell anybody about this kid. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, he's like, he said, guys, you have no idea what you have on your hands. I mean, that, he said, he said, that kid is, if he's playing at Grayson High School or he's playing at, um, you know, all, some of those big schools out in Texas or Hoover, he says that he, he'd be the number one player in the nation right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it was, it was just your first day at practice. Uh, as a you know high school football coach and seeing that and experiencing that was pretty awesome. You know, I'd heard rumors and and you know I guess third and fourth hand accounts of that before Ty of the the Hevesy and Chris Jones meeting. I repeated one of those third or fourth hand rumors a while ago when I was previewing this because I had heard that it, at some point Chris showed off and he's as big as he was he did like a standing backflip. Is that exaggeration? Did somebody make that up? <laughs> I, I, he he can. I mean, he was a guy that was you know six six, two sixty in high school. I mean, he, he he can move. He can move like anybody. I mean, he could do. Mm-hmm. He could do it all. He could do a backflip. I mean, it was it was impressive. I mean, it was you know your, your first day on the job and you see a kid like that. It's like I mean, is this, is this what it's going to be like going forward? Yeah. Ty Harden is the head football coach at Houston High School now. He was an assistant at Houston when Chris Jones was coming through there. Um, what what was – you know, obviously his, his star potential did not stay secret, and his recruitment kind of picked up, especially late in the process. What was that like back then when everybody started kind of courting him at the last minute? It, 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 got, it got very crazy. Uh, uh, that – you know, our assistant coaches, myself, uh, head coach at the time, we all, I think that January was probably one of the longest months of our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would we'd get random phone calls at 3 in the morning from people. And just, you know, people would come out of the woodwork. Just, uh, I don't know, I don't know if they're trying to get their hand in it or trying mm-hmm. to get some type of direct information. I mean, it's just crazy how it happened overnight. He, he went and had a great, phenomenal senior season. 
Um, went and played a Mississippi-Alabama game, dominated it. Next thing you know, we playing in the Under Armour game, and it was, you know, uh, one of our coaches got to go down there, experience that with him, and it was basically, like I said, you know, what you would consider a meat market being like uh, when it came to college coaches pulling you left and right. Um, and that, that month of recruitment, you – Every story you heard and everything you saw, um, <laughs> I would say, I can't say it, it was true, but <laughs> you can use your imagination. It was more likely true. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this, if you just tuned in, Ty Harden on the phone. Ty is the head coach at Houston High School. He was a assistant coach at Houston when Chris Jones came through. Chris, the star defensive tackle for the Chiefs, and he played hurt the other day and, and in some cases dominated some plays in that game against Tennessee even though he had been hurt. And he's going to be such a huge part of whether they do or don't win this Super Bowl. Ty, you had some national like television crews come visit, didn't you, the last few days? Yeah, we did. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, Fox, you know, they're hosting the Super Bowl this year and you know, I get an email a week before saying, you know, hey, we're, we're coming down. We're doing a, you know, special on Chris of, you know, where, where, where are they now? You know, where they came from. Mm-hmm. And um, they came in, I guess it would be, yeah, been Tuesday, and they were here all day. And, you know, I guess I guess we'll see if, you know, Houston, Mississippi gets some more spotlight on the day of the Super Bowl. But, you know, definitely honored, grateful. Um, you know, some of our kids and myself get to be a part of something like that, and you know, and get to hope, hopefully represent Chris the, work the right way and you know, get some you know get some pub out there for us. Sure. You know, I wonder, you said it, if Houston gets the spotlight during the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no bigger platform in America than being mentioned or shown. I mean, during a Super Bowl, there are companies out here playing, paying millions upon millions of dollars for a 35-second commercial. So, with that said... At a program like Houston, you guys have been having success. 4A school, I have that right? Y'all are 4A? 3A. 3A. Okay, so 3A school, you've been having success, playing in the playoffs. Does something like that help you as the coach to to show younger players, younger kids in Houston, hey, man, you need to come play football here when you get to high school? Oh, it it, it absolutely does. I mean, you know, our kid, it's – you know the rumors are going going around at school, and you know the, mm-hmm. our our kids hear about it. They I mean, we've got more and more kids wanting to play, um, and it's you know, and once Chris made it to the league anyway, that was already you know type of deal. And our, our recent success too has helped a lot with that. But you know, when you get some national brand exposure like that, I mean, you you got kids that uh, will want to be a part of it that would you know somewhat hesitant in the past. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I want to go back to him playing hurt. You know him. You know you coached him. And he missed the first playoff game against Houston because that calf injury that popped up that week, he just couldn't go. And now they're playing their one win from the Super Bowl. they got to have him. He finds out, he said he found out on Friday before the game, which was on Sunday, that he was probably going to play. He plays hurt and played very, very well. What... Were there signs when he was younger that he would be the kind of player who could play through an injury? Because that's not easy to do. Or do you think that's something he's just developed as he's gotten older? I think both. Okay. Um, he, he, we knew he was a special player. Um, I, I, I always go back to this story with his leadership. 
you know, his his personality is humongous. You, you see that every day in the media. The media loves him just because of his personality, and mm-hmm. he is Chris. And I go, I go back to this story, and I knew he was going to be a special player. Um, and it's the it's the famous Chris Jones story. Um, we lost. Uh, we lost in the middle of the division to Louisville um, his senior year, and we were fortunate enough to get to play them in the third round of the playoffs that year. And um, before we went out in the game and played the game, Chris, you know, Chris wants to speak to the team. And Chris pulls out the newspaper article from when they beat us the first time and just commenced to talking to the team. I mean, the fact the kid went and got – a newspaper from opposing team, you know, an hour away and saved it from a game before. I mean, and just the way he talked to his teammates and let them. And it, I knew that was special. You did not see that as a high school coach, uh, a kid taking ownership and, you know, making a move like that. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all um, that he played hurt, um, you know, and I think he's going to be full throttle, definitely Super Bowl. He's got two weeks to rest. Right. I think so, too. Ty Harden on your radio. Ty, I remember seeing a clip of a play he made where, you know, he was either a tackle or a defensive end in a high school game, and they're going to throw a screen pass. He's on the ground. He gets up, hops up, intercepts the screen pass, which is, you know, he has to go just vertical, jumps about a, you know, 30 vertical to go up, intercepts the screen pass, and then outruns everybody to the end zone. So, you know intercept a screen pass they're throwing it from about three feet away from him and then take it to the house a pretty incredible play were you around for that one i was and it was funny that i think you're gonna to get to see that uh super bowl i think that's gonna be kind of part of his highlight um yeah i remember you know it's that same exact game i just talked about okay um i was actually on top in the booth on top of the box and like when that play happened i had a it was a freezing game and my i had my I remember throwing my toboggan off and losing it, being cold the rest of the game. But uh, it was this crazy play. You, you couldn't, you really couldn't describe it. You would have to see it. He was playing defensive end in four technique. The offensive lineman tried to cut him, mm-hmm. so he pushes he pushes the offensive lineman down. They throw a quick, you know, now screen to the slot, and right when it leaves the quarterback's hands, Chris jumps up, you know, picks it mid 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 air. I mean, the quarterback's probably. <laughs> six feet front from him and he throws a dart but it just sticks in his hands and he outruns everybody for 80 yards and it was just like i mean <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't describe it you you you're, you know you're a player when you make a play like that you know that's kind of like that tiger by the tail thing too chris jones is out running you to the end zone and you're chasing him but what are you going to do when you catch him <laughs> exactly. You know, you may catch him, but what are you going to do with all 280 pounds of him when you get there? Hey, uh, Ty, before I turn you loose, we're almost out of time. Just real quick, we were having a conversation earlier. Everybody's calling in and asking about this supposed 3-3-5 defense that Zach Arnett ran at San Diego State. And, you know, and how are you going to run 3-3-5 and stuff like that in the SEC? And my answer has always been, well, lo- we don't know what they're going to run because it'll be based on personnel. What are your thoughts on it? I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I'm a defensive guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, me and my offensive coordinator were sitting down, we are talking about it, like, as a as high school coaches, high, high school offensive coaches hate to see any type of stack, any t- anything that's 3-3, three, 3-4, three, three, because, A, nobody does it, B, there's no predictability. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's just like um, 
kind of like with the Air Raid. Air Raid hasn't been in the SEC for 20 years, and actually the 335 hasn't been in since Joe Lee Dunn for another 20-something years. And I think it's it's going to be tough to defend. Uh, it's going to definitely probably by the time they recruit, and they've got players on campus, so I think they'll be able to uh, get in it. I don't know how many growing pains they have. I love it because I do something very similar. I think it's, I think it's very, I think it was a very smart move. Um, mm. I think you're going to see, um, you know, on both sides, you, 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 you're going to be, Mississippi State is going to be hard to prepare for on offense and defense from what they're doing. Um, mm. So I, I, I like it. I like Good. it a whole lot. Good. Well, Ty, I'm looking forward to watching you on national television in the well, Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't look, make Houston, Mississippi look too bad. <laughs> yeah, we're not worried about that at all. Hey, buddy, listen, I really do appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Appreciate it. Love your show. Go Dawgs and uh, go Chiefs. That's it. Chop chop. Thanks, Ty. Chop chop. Have a good one. You too. That's Ty Harden, head football coach, Houston High School. He said, go Chiefs. You hear that? Chop, chop. So he likes it. 335. You know, I will say this. And some players, you know, struggle with different things. I again I played 20 years ago. And even though we practice against it a lot, a three-man front with you know, three, four next-level guys roaming around in different places was always a lot harder for me to read pre-snap. You know, you always felt like it was easier to read the front and where you should run the ball against it. But in terms of reading the defense pre-snap and their pre-snap alignment, I always had a harder time with a three-man front than a four-man. I think other quarterbacks may be that way, too. Here we go. Hour two, rolling along in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Knock him out, John. This man's killing me. Knock him out, John. Thank you, Jerry. Always good to hear from Jerry Clower in any shape, form, or fashion. How about this? Let's see here. On this day in 1950, Jackie Robinson signed the highest contract ever paid out in Dodger history at that time. You want to take a guess on what it was, Roger? Man, I'd have no idea. Yeah, so 1950, Jackie Robinson signed a contract with the Dodgers for $35,000. Wow. (laughs) The Jackie Robinson, and at that time, the highest contract in Dodgers history. $35,000. 70 years ago. Um. And and it's interesting. So that was on what year was that again? Nineteen fifty. Mm-hmm. So that was on January twenty fourth, nineteen fifty. Twelve years after that, on January twenty fourth, nineteen sixty two, Jackie Robinson became the first 
African-American elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. Went in there along with Bob Feller. Go Braves. Chop, chop. Sure I did, did the inflation calculator on that. Yeah. That uh, 35000 in 1950 would equal $371,286 today. So it was pretty nice. Yeah. But, but nothing like the millions they get now. I know. I mean, it's almost like. I don't know how they do it. It doesn't make it. I, baseball doesn't make fiscal sense to me. Yeah. Nobody watches it on TV. A few people like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but well, the ratings it. aren't good. <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's not the NFL. You know, I mean, that's your point is. Right. You know, most of. And the NBA struggles. I mean, of course, basketball. I mean, baseball yeah. probably. Yeah. Well, and. When you have 100 teams. That well, you have you know thirty some odd teams, but you also have one hundred and sixty two games, and that's the thing there. I mean, you know, you look at playoffs and World Series. A couple of years ago, when you had the Cubs in a World Series trying to make history, that that rating was really good. Um, it still wouldn't compare to something like the Super Bowl. So NFL is king, but you're right. You you, you these owners, they just. You know, you wonder if there's a bubble there that's going to burst or something for baseball, but it's sort of supported by television. But throughout the regular season, Roger, it's like it's really supported by attendance. And in some places, the attendance isn't good. But in those places that baseball is still supported by corporate sales and corporate advertising. And it's almost like this, Roger. Think about. You're a Major League Baseball team, and no, you're not in the NFL, but it still carries weight. If I'm an advertising executive for, you know, the New York Yankees, even the Atlanta Braves, and I walk in to sell you, you know, a partnership or an advertising relationship with the Atlanta Braves, which involves television, none of our games are going to have the ratings of an NFL game, but we've got 162 of them. You know, we got... April through potentially September. And so I guess instead of, you know, the huge rating across 18 games for the NFL, (laughs) it's, you know, maybe consistently lower numbers across 162 games for Major League Baseball across April, May, June, July, August, September, six months, and maybe even seven if they get to the World Series. So I guess they just... It's more about longevity than it is about quick impact. Uh, it's interesting to think of it that way. Hey, real it's quick. America's pastime. Is that still true? Um, America's pastime. I, I, I think if, you, if we just strictly define pastime, yes, it passes the time. A buddy of mine said baseball is a companion. When you think about it, it's over half the year where baseball is just there. It's there. Every single night, every single week, every single weekend for seven months out of the year. It's baseball as a companion. So maybe by the definition of pastime, yeah. There you go. Hey, and speaking of baseball, and Roger speaking of ticket sales, and speaking of all that stuff, and ratings, it came out yesterday, get this, it came out yesterday, Mississippi State has sold out Duty Noble Field, for the 34th consecutive baseball season. 34 consecutive sellouts of all the chairbacks, of all of left field lounge, of all suites. All those apartments, too? Sold out. 
Wow. Now, a, here's the thing, though. I want you, you to hear you this. MSU graduates got some dough. They got it. But I want you to hear this, Roger. I talked on that Dog Pile podcast yesterday. I want you to hear this clip. I talked to uh, Rhett Hobart. He works in the athletics department, marketing and branding. They have a package and a way for you to access tickets and use chairback seats for games when those people who've bought them aren't there. Listen, listen to this and see if this makes any sense. So first of all, a $225 mobile access pass. What are we talking about there? Yeah, so that's a brand new concept for this year. We actually kind of piloted it a little bit for, for men's basketball this year. Um, but basically what it is, it's a way to get access to already sold chairback seats. So, you know, in, any sporting event you go to, you, you hardly ever have 100% scans on your reserve seating. So it's a new concept. We actually had a company kind of build this concept out for us. It's an all-digital model. So you pay $225 uh, and you get a ticket to every baseball game. And how it works is 24 hours out, you get a text um, that says, hey, you're going to come to the game tomorrow. You respond to the text with yes, if there are chairback seats available based on, we're, we're using an algorithm that computes um, historical scan data based on game times, opponents, day of the week. And so for each game, we are going to deliver, uh, based on availability, and access to chairback seats. So you might get a access to a lower level chair back or a upper level chair back and it's not going to be assigned to a specific seat um, you're going to be assigned to a level and then you can move around that level as available now you may end up in a, in a seat where somebody comes to the game we're just going to ask you to move to another seat um, kind of like we've done in the past with our students um, as seats are are available you move around but you have a ticketed access to a chair back seat for those games so ticket to every game and then a chairback seat when available. Um, and I think that'll be a, a good bit throughout the season, probably barring, obviously, Super Bowl weekend. Really? How about that, Roger? You catch some of those details? Another another way to squeeze a little more money. Yeah. Well, and see, I think it's twofold. It's not only money, but it's you have a lot of people, especially baseball, because there's so many games and you have a lot of outdoor sporting events here where in baseball it's cold weather in February and March. And so many of the chairback seats won't be used for, say, a, I don't know, you know, a Tuesday game against, you know, Northwestern State or UAB, or that weekend against Quinnipiac in non-conference, and there's only, you know, a couple three thousand people there and a whole bunch of seats available. You didn't buy your season ticket to a chairback, but you want to go to the game. Well, That's you, a great deal, particularly if you live there in the area. Absolutely, because you, know, you go in yeah. because you're guaranteed to get in. You're not going to have a seat, right? It's sold out. You don't. Have, you're not guaranteed to have a seat. So if it's a, you know, Super Bowl dog weekend against Ole Miss, you're not going to have a seat to sit in. But you can get in, like general admission, and sit out on the berm on the grass, or stand on the drink rails, or walk around in the outfield. You can get in. But throughout the rest of the year, when the seats aren't being used, you get in. And you punch it up on your phone, and it tells you you have seats so-and-so-and-so-and-so on the third base side behind a dugout. You go sit in them. I wonder how much more economical that is than, than having the season tickets. Oh, probably a lot. It has think. to be. Yeah. It has to be. You know, with the season tickets, um, you know, buying the chairbacks, you're just you're supporting the school, and you're also guaranteeing yourself your seats. For any game, including the biggest ones, including postseason, 
you know, those are your seats. But I thought it was a really interesting kind of tweak on the digital side to get people in there. All right, a lot of texts to get to next to finish this up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Hey, don't forget, check it out if you haven't checked it out already. The C Spire Health app. It beats going to the doctor when you have something minor. Not when you have something major. You got to go to the doctor. You Major enough, you got to go to the emergency room. But if it's a minor ailment or sickness or something, the C Spire Health app is the way to go. You put it on your phone, you sign up, cspirehealth.com, then put the app on your phone, Cspire Health app. When you open it, click, and within seconds, you are video chatting with a medical professional live, like FaceTiming somebody on your phone, a medical professional at University Medical Center. We're talking a nurse practitioner or someone like that. Click, you're talking to them live, FaceTime, on your phone, right where you are. You don't have to wait in a doctor's office. If you live out and about, you don't have to drive 30 minutes to get to the doctor's office. Just talk to them on your phone, and they can help you right there. Is it something they can prescribe for you right on the phone? Maybe. Diagnose? Maybe. And if you're a C Spire customer, your copay is 29 bucks. None of that is made up. It sounds too good to be true, but it isn't. It's real. C Spire Health app. All right. January 24th is is, perk up, listen up, you may be eating this right now as we speak, in fact, January 24th is National Peanut Butter Day. It's National Peanut Butter Day. Peanut butter didn't become widely used until the 20th century. That would be the 1900s for math majors. First, the peanut had to be considered more than animal feed, which it was considered animal feed up until the late 1800s. At the turn of the century, 1900, inventions that made planting, cultivating, and harvesting the legume. Is that how you pronounce it, Roger, or is it legume? Legume. You got it. The peanut isn't a nut at all. It is a bean. Did y'all know that? It's not a nut. Now, who invented peanut butter? The Aztecs and the Incas are credited with it. Around 1000 BC, it was more of a paste, not nearly as creamy as the peanut butter we know now. Like I said earlier, you want to know what they ate? Get you some peanuts, put it in a bowl, mash them up. (laughs) That's what they were eating. A lot of people would say George Washington Carver, but he didn't. No, he didn't invent it. They he did can... promote like 300 uses for peanuts, though. Peanut butter recipes. Let's see here. Hashtag National Peanut Butter Day. You're going to see that out there on Twitter. A couple of other things coming, but first, the text line. QB1 in the text line, 885ESPN, says, Speaking of baseball, I got all the feels last night when I saw a Mississippi State tweet out a baseball video. Cannot wait, QB1 says. Until the college baseball season begins. The most pure, high-quality sporting event out there. Also, 
Rhett's a buddy of mine from college. He's doing an absolutely amazing job at Mississippi State. He's been such a hard worker from day one of stepping foot in Starkville. Unnamed tech. No, this is Grumpy. Grumpy says, great interview with Coach Harden. My mother was a hilltopper. The Houston Hilltoppers. My mother-in-law was a hilltopper. Speaking of Dogpile, the podcast, D-O-G-P-I-L-E. Ghost Texter says, thanks for spelling dog correctly. You're welcome. Hogjowl says, wants you to know I'm returning from Arkansas and just got radio reception 157 miles away. Right. You talk about a flame-throwing signal coming out of the zone. We're hitting it. Hitting the SDC with 50,000 watts. 50,000 watts. We'd like more, but hey, we're making it work. Well, um, reach is great, and you've got reach. Talent oh. is even <laughs> talent is even more important. The one thing you don't want to ever be, Roger, you'd never want to be the minute bowl of radio. That all reach hit me was crazy, man. <laughs> all reach and no talent. <laughs> All right, Hog Jowl says, hey, Matt, here's info for the six Hog fans that listen to your show. Sam Pittman just got a commitment from a four-star running back from Georgia that was committed to Maryland. That's four guys decommitted from other schools. He's recruiting his tail off at Arkansas. He is. And he just got a quarterback transfer, Felipe Franks. He can play. He can play. Hog Jowl also commented on Chris Jones, said, what a great attitude and a fine young man. I agree. Go Chiefs. Unnamed texter, Matt, what's your opinion on strength and conditioning so far based on what little you've seen compared to last year? Quote me on this. Night and day. That's the difference. Based on what I've seen and heard, night and day difference. Bulldog West on the peanut butter subject wants to know if I'm a Jif or a Peter Pan man. He's a Jif guy. I don't care, West. Put it on there. Hey, you want Jeff or Peter Pan? Yeah. Which one? You know, the no, I don't care. American eats three pounds of that a year. Straight out of the spoon, too. Y'all don't lie about it. Every now and then you get yourself a Hershey's chocolate bar, smear some peanut butter on it, and eat it. Don't lie. I know, y'all. I know what you're doing. I'll tell you this, though, Wes, whether it's Peter Pan or Jeff, don't be mixing it with the jelly and then spreading it on my bread. You do that, I'm liable to take it apart and throw both pieces at you. I didn't. Yeah, I don't like the. I mean, the, the jars look cool with the stripes in there. Yeah, but I, I really, I don't know about you, but I got to have a little more jelly than I do peanut butter. Jelly to needs to, the yeah. jelly to it's peanut butter ratio. <laughs> the jelly to peanut butter ratio should be two to one. Absolutely, at least. Mm-hmm. Two to one. If you give me a PB and J with a one to one peanut butter to jelly ratio, it ain't gonna taste good. Y'all hear me? <laughs> All right, uh, some some news for you here before we get to the Super Bowl tune, and we've got another week of buildup. Grand Valley, Missouri. I'm sorry, Grain Valley, Missouri. A UPS driver, a UPS driver from Grain Valley, Missouri is going to the Super Bowl in Miami, but he didn't buy tickets. He earned them. He's a Chiefs fan. He received a text message. This guy's name, what is his name here? Let me find his name. His name's Reese. Cameron Reese. He got a text message that told him he won tickets to the big game next Sunday. He said two other people got the same one but didn't respond. Therefore, he 
got the two tickets to Super Bowl 54. Well, what so, contest was he in? They didn't Roger, that. not every weird text you get is a scam, apparently. <laughs> oh. All right, but here's it. Here's he was randomly picked by the NFL. And the coalition team, which stands for Techniques for Effective Alcohol Management, um, they encourage responsible drinking and pos- uh, positive fan behavior at sporting events. Okay, he was someone who was identified as a um, designated driver in a situation. No, oh. he was designated. You know, and somebody and entered him. Then basically, somebody entered him into this thing as a you know. Designated driver. It's all thanks to a season ticket holder's pledge to be the designated driver on several game days, which he was. And therefore, he was entered into a competition with this team coalition, and they gave him the tickets. So there you go. He's going for free. Here's the other thing about the Super Bowl you need to know. If you are a fan, doesn't Jake go to Buffalo Wild Wings a bunch? I've never even been to one. I don't know. He's a Wingstop guy. Okay, so he's a Wingstop guy? Yeah. If you're someone that's that doesn't his, that's his know, position. <laughs> if you're someone that doesn't know who to root for for the Super Bowl, this may sway you, and and you're not going to want to root for the Chiefs or the 49ers. Instead, just root for overtime. Buffalo Wild Wings is making an insane offer. It's a chain restaurant, obviously. If the Super Bowl goes to overtime, the restaurant announced on its Twitter account. Everyone in America gets free wings. <laughs> it's right there. What do, they know that, what do they know that we don't know? What do they know? It's right there on their Twitter account at BW Wings. It says if San Francisco, Kansas City goes to overtime, everyone in America gets free wings. Details here. Click. <laughs> They will make available one free order of boneless or traditional snack-sized or, you know, six-count chicken wings to all patrons who visit any participating U.S. or Canada location on February 17, 2020, between the hours of 4 and 7 local time. No purchase necessary to redeem the free wings. <laughs> And, Tip your waitress. Well, here's what I'm saying. Is this a brilliant marketing deal where they're going, just by putting this out there and getting coverage for it, Yeah. some people will come here who wouldn't normally, thinking, well, we'll just go there to watch, because if it does happen to go to overtime, we will be in a position to get free wings. You know how these things work. Usually you buy an insurance policy. I wonder what that cost them. That's what I want to know. What did it cost them? But Lloyd's of London will insure anything. Because the game's not going to overtime. <laughs> Save your money. Then. Yeah, right. I mean, is it smart or is it not? Bear on the text line likes crunchy peanut butter. Tim says, did you see in the backfield when Chris Jones and Henry collided? Chris won. He will win that every time. Fluffy says, the first NFL game I went to was the Chiefs in 1982. I don't remember the game, but I do remember the ribs afterwards. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Great week. Thanks for all the texts and phone calls, and y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday, same place, Farm Bureau Studio. See you.
You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.